2: Live from the Nasdaq market side overlooking New York City's Times Square, this is Fast Money. I'm Melissa Lee. Tonight's trader lineup, Tim Seymour, Karen Fiderman, Steve Grasso and Nadine Turman. Tonight on Fast, we've got our retail trade alert. Karen hitting the buy button on one beaten down name, what it is and why she's betting on a rebound. Plus, Disney delivers. The stock rallying 4% today as one top analyst gets even more bullish on Disney+. We'll break down that trade. And later, Bitcoin is breaking out. The crypto surging nearly 10% we will tell you how our traders are playing this big move. but well, we start off with a major market moving milestone from Merck, the drug giant posting its best day in more than five years after announcing a big breakthrough in the fight against COVID. Merck says its new antiviral pill reduces the risk of hospitalization or death by around 50% for some COVID patients. And while that news certainly helped the broader markets, take a look at what it did for some of the reopening plays. Live Nation soaring more than 8%, airlines, casinos, cruise lines, they all jumped too. So, Did today's news out of Merck give a green light to investors? Tim Seymour, what do you say?
3: Well, Mel, think about where we've been for the last two months, and and half of that has been around inflation and and Fed dynamics. The other half has certainly been around COVID-19 Delta variants and where we saw uh, more cyclical and industrial impacts. But certainly casinos, uh, some of the the cruise lines, anything hospitality-oriented, even Disney, have been smacked in the face now for a couple months. So clearly this had a feel of almost a July 2020 trade when we were starting to get the great news coming out of, look... uh, look at our pharma industry, big hat off. I mean, it's incredible what they have done over the last 12 months. And so uh, we've had these moments where we've had a chance to digest a world where we kind of get back to normal. Um, and as you we're going to talk more about Merck's oral therapy approach here and, and how it could be a game changer. But note the difference between how airlines and, and, and you know, a Boeing and you know, the casinos and some of those plays traded versus consumer names who conceivably at past rallies like this might have also gotten a huge boost getting back into the stores, specifically at Target, at Costco, at Walgreens. They were all down today. Uh, and I think it doesn't change the factor. That's the other half of what we've been looking at for the last couple of months, supply chain dynamics, labor costs, inflationary costs. Uh, and I think those are the separation on a day like today. Um, but for those parts of the economy that really had been hit on Delta COVID, absolutely. And what a great day. And thank you, Mark.
2: Yeah, exactly. And for all the concerns about Delta, Karen, you know, we're finally at a place and it does feel like a momentous day. We're finally at a place where you can get vaccinated to prevent you getting from getting uh, the illness. And then if you do get the illness, it looks like there's a treatment for the illness that is easy to manufacture, is cheap, easy to take. You can take it from home and it reduces your risk of death and hospitalization. That seems like really good news. If you're a person who was hesitant about going out taking a plane, going on a cruise, et cetera. It doesn't get much better than this, except for a cure.
4: Right. It is really good news, and I agree. Thank you, Merck and Ridgeback also. Um, I think that this is big news, but we've had a lot of big news, but I think this does really help, and sentiment was really getting bad. One of the things yesterday, obviously, it was Bed Bath & Beyond, which had that awful quarter, and you had one of the reasons that they cited was people being hesitant to come in the stores. I know the big focus on it was the revenue missed from the supply chain issues. And I, as Tim said, I think that still persists. But the part about people being hesitant um, I think this definitely goes a long way. So obviously the names that we cited at the top of the show and the Tim cited, the airlines, the cruise ships, the uh, casinos, Live Nation, of course, the, to me that is sort of the poster child for kind of getting back out there. Not only are you seeing great um, attendance, But they're also seeing much bigger spend at concerts because people haven't been in so long and they want to get the T-shirt and, you know, they want to have a good time. And so that's been really good for them. The stock is nowhere close to cheap at all. They, you know, clearly Mm -hmm. they had a terrible year. They lost money, raised a lot of money. They did a great job navigating. Um, They've done some acquisitions, I think, in Mexico recently. They did a big acquisition. It's a great business. It isn't cheap, though. A lot of a lot of reopen is in there already. But that having been said, I do own it. I do think it is an incredibly unique property. One other thing that I did happen to notice was the commercial real estate REITs doing a little better. Um, because you, as you can imagine, the idea of going back to work now seems more palatable, or it should, uh, to many people. So it was a really exciting day on top of what I think may have been a little bit of an excessive sell-off about is Christmas sunk?
2: Right. Right. Nadine, (laughs) does this news, um, you know, change the way you think about the the contours of the recovery in terms of getting back and reopening? Well,
0: I think your point is very valid about the time frame. So we think about, for example, procedures in hospitals. And this can be a game changer then. At the North American Spine Society this week, they were talking about how demand is extremely strong, but obviously there was a slowdown with Delta. Um, But people have been waiting for two years to get procedures. They're looking for windows. So if we can reduce the amount of people in hospitals by these types of solutions, and obviously vaccines and, and other you know, mask wearing and the like, you're gonna to start to see a, a vast number of people get back in there to get procedures, which are obviously great for hospitals. And so we do look at the second derivatives and say this can be a game changer if we can improve other businesses. So it makes people less hesitant to go in, as Karen was saying about going into stores. You're also less hesitant to go in and get procedures. So we look around the world and say what could improve. And for example, MedTech would be one of them.
2: Grasa, what looks better to you in light of this news and what looks worse. And I guess in the what looks worse category, I'll ask you if if you're a believer that the recovery could be stronger thanks to this antiviral pill, Mm. do you think that maybe tech gets even weaker?
1: So I was a little, it was good to hear the the, the other other guys and girls on the, or guy and girls on the desk to hear their take on it because I think everyone had uh, something interesting to offer. I, I think uh, you know Tim touched on the other retailers not being up today. That was a little bit odd. The 10-year was lower today. That was a little bit odd. And then Karen, I thought, brought up the most interesting point. There's been other great breakthroughs that we've seen through this whole process. So I'm a little hesitant to say that this is the one that makes everyone rush out there and do something they wouldn't have uh, done last week or a month ago. We've had Johnson & Johnson, we've had Moderna, we've had Pfizer, we've had Novavax. We've had so many different breakthroughs that are, are off-the-chart spectacular. I think what's happening is that people still don't feel comfortable. And I think, I don't want to make it a political thing, but I think the government and the administration really doesn't make you feel overwhelmingly confident about getting back out there. So if we could have three more of these things uh, that really attack it. And you have to start getting back into the psyche. And once that happens, then I think we're off to the races. The markets had an unlimited amount of things to worry about. China, seasonality, Powell, rates, everything.
2: But doesn't this Going take one thing sort of off the table or doesn't it? minimize one thing, and that is the fear of getting Delta, even though you are vaccinated?
1: No, I don't think so. I mean, you heard Sarah on, on, on her show, you know, talk about that she's had it and thank God she wasn't in the hospital. That's the way she phrased it. And that is the truth. But I don't know if it takes it off the table. What, what What's the percentages? 50 percent? So it's that's flipping a coin. So I think you stated it properly on, in the beginning of the show where you said, everything but uh, a cure, and that's what we're, he- we're heading towards. But I think you need better than a 50% rate to make people rush out of their home and do stuff that they weren't doing just, uh, just a handful of days ago or weeks ago.
2: All right. Well, let's talk more about what Merck's new pill means for the company, the vaccine makers and big pharma. Joining us now is Jeff Meacham, senior pharma analyst at Bank B of A Securities. After today's news, he reiterated his hold rating on the stock with an $80 price target. Jeff, great to have you with us. Why doesn't this move the needle in your view for Merck?
5: Uh, Hi, Melissa. Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah. So Merck has a a fundamentally great, it's a great company with respect to their uh, oncology business. Um, this is a narrative change definitely for them. They just did a deal yesterday in the Acceleron acquisition uh, and Molnupiravir, the data today, uh, you know, it adds value to their, uh, uh, you know, to their infectious disease portfolio, but really it may take a while to really start to move the needle on growth rates and, and margins.
2: Are there any other players in your coverage universe who are close to developing the same sort of antiviral pill and, and do the results out of Merck, albeit preliminary, are they proof of concept in any way for, for other other um, drugs and development?
5: It's a great question. Yeah, there are a number of companies, but they're pretty early to mid-stage. Uh, the antibodies, by the way, work extremely well for those that you know are in, infected with COVID. Um, so I think that you know when you combine the totality you know of all the the options available you know from things like dexamethasone which is very simple and generic to you know anti you know a- a- antibodies as well as vaccines and orals like Merck's, uh i think you're going to start to see more comfort you know in the you know in, in in the broader community um with covid
4: hey it's karen thanks for being on um i know you've had a you had a bold call in moderna um, so for Pfizer and Moderna, does this materially change um, the potential additional income from booster shots?
5: It's a great question, Karen. Yeah, I would say in general, I think the answer is yes. Um, with, uh, with Moderna, you know, more specifically, uh, there is an assumption that boosters, you know, looking at consensus numbers that they're taken, you know, for the foreseeable future at a really high dollar level. And so I think as as you see new cases roll over, uh, as you see, you know, uh, you know, vaccinated individuals receive things like the Merck drug and antibodies. Um, I think there's going to be less enthusiasm for having, you know, regular boosters. And obviously we had four advisory panels recommend against broad, broad boosters. So, you know, my guess is that, you know, you'll start to see uh, as we get back to normal, you'll start to see, you know, a lot of these companies, uh, COVID assumptions start to roll over and, uh, you know, and decline. And that's definitely the case for Moderna and to some degree Pfizer.
2: What's the topic in your in your universe, Jeff?
5: Uh, As of now, it's Lilly. They do have a covid uh, antibody, but looking to next year, though, you know, absolutely going to be a transformational year with potentially Alzheimer's approvals, uh, as well as a new diabetes drug approval.
2: All right, Jeff, great to speak with you. Thanks for your time. Thank you. Jeff Meacham, B of A Securities. Tim Seymour, how do you like Jeff's top pick?
3: Well, I tell you what, interesting story and and clearly a case where I think you've got a valuation argument relative to a couple of these peers that we've just talked about. I think Merck's been kind of caught in a range for a long time and actually valuation looks looks interesting. What's interesting uh, about this call here is that Jeff pointed out in his note that there's really no valuation attachment to today's news in anybody's model. So to the extent that there is upside and obviously the the stock tried to determine some of that pricing today, uh, also interesting that well before this news, we had seen both Moderna and Pfizer fall out of bed. In fact, if you look at Moderna, and obviously it had a big down move today, Regeneron down 5%. You know, Moderna looks like it could challenge this 240 level. And 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 valuation-wise, um, there's certainly no, no ability to stop that move. But again, this has been about momentum and about a company that's turned into a world-class uh, biotech company seemingly overnight. That's not actually the case at all. Um, but the stock really is, is something that I think remains under pressure here. I think Pfizer starts to look overdone.
2: All right. Coming up, a small world with big gains. Disney rallying today as one top analyst says Disney Plus is only in the early innings. We'll break down the call. But first, we've got a trade alert. Karen went shopping in the bargain bin today, bought a beaten down retailer. The name in the trade when Fast Money Returns.
6: You seek the key, but first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft and performance with Acura's all electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Wouldn't it be great to have all your investment and retirement accounts in one place? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, makes it easy.
2: Welcome back to Fast Money. We've got a trade alert in retail. Karen hitting the buy button on one beaten down name. Karen, this is one that you've been in before and it's brought you back in.
4: Yes, we're back together briefly. This is more of a trade for me than a longer term investment, but the name is Foot Locker. And there's a lot of reasons that I bought it now. One is the stock got absolutely crushed. Late August, they put up just gigantic blowout numbers, and the stock was up close to 60. I think it flirted with 60. But then on the heels of the Nike news of the supply chains in North America being weaker than people thought, that combined with yesterday's Bed Bath & Beyond news, the stock got annihilated. So it traded, I think, with maybe even a 44 handle yesterday. But I bought it this morning, primarily it's on valuation. The enterprise value to EBITDA is, is, is like a three and change. That's a really, really low number for them. It's a really no number for anyone. I know the macro is, oh, Nike's going direct to consumer and that's gonna hurt Foot Locker um, and all the other pressures, Amazon, whoever else. That is all true. That is already why it trades at the kind of valuation that it does. When you back out the debt, Because they have this, there's a new accounting rule a couple years ago. All your leases you have to put on as debt on your balance sheet. Back that all off as you should. They've got a lot of cash. So the enterprise value is really very, very cheap. And the last thing is GOAT, which I'm sure you're familiar with. But in case you're not, GOAT, beside being greatest of all time, is a shoe business. Mm -hmm. And uh, they own a significant stake. There was a new round of financing in June or July that was much higher than their cost but I think we're gonna see an IPO or a SPAC or something from GOAT at even a much higher valuation than that. So that's sort of a catalyst beyond just a rebound from a oversold
2: condition. So it's a trade, not an investment, but I really like it. It's such a convincing argument, um, Nadine, but at the same time, you know, it is subject to the supply chain issues of its suppliers meaning the Nikes of the world and all the other sneaker manufacturers, it can't itself overcome those because it's depending on those companies to supply the inventory for the holiday season, which I think is 85 days away from Christmas right now. So even though there are these longer-term issues and the valuation looks great, I mean, could they just be in for a terrible holiday season because they won't have the goods?
0: Mel, I think you're right. I think it's about time frame. So, Karen is right. It was a good trade. You buy it yesterday or maybe early this morning, and then you can flip it in a short amount of time. Good trade. But I would not be playing the retailers for this quarter's earnings season. Obviously, a lot of supply disruption, that's going to come out. Some people are probably going to put all the notes on the table, which is going to get people a little bit scared. So, I don't think all the news is in these stocks yet. But for a trade, good job. I prefer things that keep going on this reflationary trade, energy, material, There's so many other ways I think where you don't, you can play the positives unfortunately of supply disruption and uh, own things that are more reflationary. So that's where we're headed, less on the the retail trades.
2: Karen, just to put a fine point on this, this is a trade for you, so in your time frame what does that mean? Well, it
4: means if it pops like, you know, 10 percent, I'll probably be out. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I would think by I want to hear what they say next quarter. So that for me is pretty short time frame.
2: Yep. All right. Let's move on to Disney shares. They were rallying today. Morgan Stanley reiterating its buy rating on the stock. Two hundred and ten dollar price target. The firm setting strength in Disney's streaming business, saying it remains early days for Disney Plus. Adding as uh, Disney's content pipeline builds into 2023, coordinate ads should accelerate driving shares. Disney gained 4% today. Grasso, you like this call? You're on board with Disney?
1: It's, it's hard for me to to give you a direct answer, so I'm going to take two or three sentences here. So in March, it was above $200, traded at 203. I thought it was heading to that level. I didn't expect to see the back off that we've seen uh, recently. So I'm, I'm a little <laughs> bit unhappy with that. But technicals, the 50 and the 100-day, are below the 200-day. The So in technical terms, they developed a death cross, which usually when you develop a death cross, the move is over. That means that the stock is ready to pop. So I do believe that the stock is ready to pop. I am on board with it moving higher. I do believe that they are still the king of content. And also when you look backwards, if we start to see these parks reopen, we're talking about in a normalized world, just under 16 billion dollars of revenue so that's where i think the catalyst is Mm -hmm. once this real reopening starts again that will get people on board and of course the streaming entity is where you have to see evaluation and multiple expansion and instead of people looking at disney as that old disney it's the new Disney. it's the technology company as
2: well I thought the issue at Disney um, after you know its its climb is that everybody was looking at only the new Disney, and so Tim, I'm wondering if you if you agree with the analyst that not enough new Disney is in this valuation, not enough of the streaming premium is in there.
3: It, you know, it's it, it tends to be about half or about 45 percent if you look at the valuation here, especially at Morgan Stanley, and if you put a seven times uh... revenue multiple on their streaming business netflix somewhere between nine and ten times so still trading at a discount to netflix but acknowledging that this company should be trading at a hybrid multiple uh... and then putting anywhere from a fifteen to a twenty times multiple on the core business and the consumer products business and ultimately the content business that drives the streaming business so uh... you know i'm long you know i'm a believer in the disney story holding the chart around one seventy very important today this kind of news is helpful but this report reiterated that, first of all, after a massive possible pull forward in streaming ads and a massive, massive run uh, in that business, it's not surprising to see a little bit of a, uh, of a pullback, but that the content slate for 22 and 23 looks very impressive, and that will drive streaming. So that's, that's the story
2: here. All right. Up next, Final Trades. Welcome back to Fast Money. Big news from inside CNBC today from our own Jim Cramer, now delivered right to your inbox at the CNBC Investing Club. You see it right there. You can register at cnbc.com backslash investment club or through the QR code on your screen. Jim will be sending daily emails, writing for our website and appearing in videos online, all to give you his unique insights into the markets. And you will have a front row seat to what stocks Jim is trading in his charitable trust. He'll tell you all about his winners and his losers' total transparency. Jim told us earlier today that his goal for the investing club is to educate, and he says the club couldn't come at a better time.
1: It's really good for this younger generation, that the Robin Hood generation, that wants so much to have fundamentals. What are fundamentals? Why does something go up? Why is something recommended? And it's the why. And I think the why has been lacking, and the club is going to give you the why.
2: You can sign up to find out more at cnbc.com backslash investing club or just point your phone at that QR code at the bottom of the screen and it will take you right there. All right, time now for the final trade. Let's go around the horn ahead of the weekend. Tim Seymour, what do you say?
3: Yeah, always listen to Jim. That's a club I want to be a member of. I bet they're going to be looking at Pfizer too. After a major pullback, and we knew some of this is just uh, booster related, some of the pressure on, on the company, you're, you're now back to, uh, I think, a small discount to the five year multiple. Pfizer, check this one out.
2: Nadine.
0: MedTech ETF IHI. It's not a consensus play yet, and it's going to be. It's eventually here.
2: Steve Grasso.
1: Clear, secure, ticker symbol Y-O-U. It's trading like there's no vaccine, like COVID's never going away, and people are never going into airports or sporting events again. Y-O-U.
2: Karen. Yeah, for a trade-only footlocker, tight stop at 45. All right, that does it for Fast Money for this week. Do not go anywhere, though. Options Action is up next.